Welcome to The Rational Egoist. Today's guest is here to talk to us about parental rights, especially as regards their child's or children's education. She is from the organization called Moms for Liberty, the Connecticut chapter, which she is also the president of, and she administers the Moms for Liberty Hartford County Facebook chat room. Manju Gerber, welcome to The Rational Egoist. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you. Okay, so what is the mission of Moms for Liberty? Okay, so basically we at Moms for Liberty, the national organization, what we try to do is empower parents, educate parents into protecting their children's rights. So we believe in education, not indoctrination. Okay. And we don't want to co-parent with the government. We believe that it's 100% parents' choice and decision to what kind of education is being exposed to our children in the classroom. We're also there to make sure that curriculum that's presented in the school district is transparent to all parents. Um, if you think about it, these are just common sense. There's nothing that is um, controversial about just letting parents see what is being taught to their children. And um, we also want to hold accountable our elected officials and you know make sure that they are being our voice in the legislature. So we are also looking to build a bridge to with the school district so that we're not trying to oppose them or fight them or call them names. All we want is just to build a relationship so that we have an open communication lines with them. And that's basically what we try to do. Okay. So in looking over the various postings on the internet about Moms for Liberty, I came across a couple of quotes from the organization. One okay. is, we hold decision makers accountable or we work to replace them with liberty-minded individuals. Another one is we promote teaching the principles of liberty in our homes and community. The organization is called Moms for Liberty. So define liberty for me. What does it mean to you and to the organization? Okay, that's a great question. Um, liberty is basically having the freedoms that we have a God-given right that is put in the Constitution. So we, we aim to have liberty in terms of freedom of speech. Um, you know, we don't, you know, our, we don't have anything to do with freedom of uh, the Second Amendment, you know, because we're just focused right now on just education. But it's really making sure that we have our Civil Rights Acts for children um, and also our constitutional um how can I put it? Uh, constitutional right in freedom for no censorship, basically. And that's what we mean by liberty. Okay. So if, if, if the group is for liberty, right, why not just advocate to get the government out of education altogether and allow parents to educate their kids in whatever way they would choose to educate them. In other words, allow parents to spend their money the way that they choose, send their kids to the schools that they choose to, and have their kids taught what they choose. Why not just advocate for that 
rather than get involved with the the BOE, the, you know, the Board of Education, or argue for various policies or do both at the same time. Say, well, look, as of now, we've got to have our kids in these schools. We have no choice. The government's taking our money. So in the mm -hmm. meantime, I'll argue for this, but long term, we want complete freedom of education. Why not have that the mission if it's if liberty is the purpose? Okay, that's that's it. A really good uh, thought-provoking question, and I've even thought about that myself, because when you look at it, their homeschooling has now become more and more popular. Um, the problem with sometimes with homeschooling is when you say that the money should follow the child. The problem is the money comes from the government, right? So no, you're hold on one second. Money hold on one second. From... Hold on. Okay. The government does, <laughs> the money does not come from the government. The government well, it's has no from money. The, school district, the but, money is coming but from the, the school district. Yes, it's coming from right. the taxpayers. But it's being pooled by the school district. Sure, but it's being and, it's and being the school taken. district gets the money, right? Sure. So the school district is getting money from the taxpayer, but it's funded towards and it's following the child to either a private school or for homeschooling, which means you still have. Um, not okay maybe not government but you still have someone controlling what you're teaching your child so that's the only kind of um i would say negative when it comes to homeschooling no but i'm not talking and about homeschooling what i'm saying is this it, it, to me liberty means the right to do whatever i choose so long as i don't violate the rights of others to do the same that means the right to right. my freedom of speech the right to property the right to do with my property as i choose and i don't have the right to use force against other people so the government mm -hmm. comes in in this case takes money from taxpayers to fund schools mm -hmm. what i'm saying is to truly be for liberty why not argue to nix it right there and say the government has no right to take this money to pay for schools. That's our money. If we choose to educate our kids with it, that's what we'll do. Why not advocate for that? I mean, the, the reason I'm saying this is because of the multiple references to liberty that I've come across. Right. I think it's because, you know, we still want to create a sort of a bridge with the school district. Okay. We're not looking to kind of alienate anyone. Um. So that's, I think, the reason why the national organization became um, Moms for Liberty. It's because of that. Because a lot of the founders, um, Tina um, Deskovich and Tiffany Justice and Marie Rogers, and they were all Board of Ed members. Okay. And they didn't like how the remote learning was happening during the time of COVID. And they basically had an eye-opening experience of what their children was being taught. And I think that's the reason. So we're they're not trying to we're not trying to alienate anybody. Okay. We just want to build a relationship and open lines of communication. I think that's what basically um, they don't want to, um, you know, throw a hand grenade. Okay, you know, so at that who, situation. who should decide what kids are taught in schools? I I think it should be something that's mutual. You know, when I was growing up, I did not have this um, indoctrination of a, of sexual education, let's just say, for example, or about racial equality or what they what they deem to be racial uh, equality courses. Um, and I think it should be a relationship between the parent and the school district or even the parent and the teacher. 
That's why it's really important to have transparency in the curriculum. And I just don't understand why they would want to hide that from parents. You know, what is the big deal in knowing, okay, what is my child learning? Are they really learning division, which is mathematics? Or are they learning division in terms of by race or gender or sexual orientation? You know? Okay, so, so say you have a, a given community. I grew up in Wethersfield, Connecticut, for instance, right? And okay. I believe we had four we had four elementary schools when I was a kid. So each one, you know, there's a assigned district, and the people of those districts are being taxed to send their kids to schools. So you've got you don't. It's not that you have one parent negotiating for one kid, right? You've got a, a whole community of parents and a whole community of children, and then you've got the school board and whatnot. So what if the majority of those parents want their kids to learn critical race theory or they want their kids to learn transgender rights? If the majority of the parents under the model that you're proposing want their kids to learn these things, would that be okay? Because they would then it would be the power would be in the hands of the people, right? So would you be okay with that under those circumstances? Okay, well, here's um, then I'll bring up another point. Why not then just give the um, the option to opt in or to not you have your child attend those types of classes if you didn't want to, without any kind of retribution happening to your child? Oh, I'm I'm all for that. That that would, would That's be okay. What I'm so so, but is that yeah, so majority is, rule? Okay, so is oh, that what ahead. the organization advocates? That it not that that the school can teach whatever they want as long as the parents can have their kids opt out of giving classes. Yes. And actually, you know, Michael, um, the interesting thing is if you look at the Connecticut general statute, um, and I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to speak like a lawyer, but if you look at, um, you know, I have it, um, I actually brought it with me because I thought it was just so interesting, but there are some subdivisions in that statute where basically there is no law that mandates sex ed courses in your in a child's school curriculum so there is something called family life education now those types of let's say um it's not exactly sex ed but it's talking about health sexual health issues so you know they may put they may want to put that under sex education all right um those types of curriculum courses um, have been in the statute. It's been said that the parents have every right to opt out of those types of classes by writing um, statements saying that they don't want their children to take part. Okay. Now, I don't know why that's not been more publicized because for all these um last couple of years why have we been exposed to people saying well this is the law this is the law you must do this you know you must have sex ed education you know sexual education in the classroom but in this in Connecticut general statute there's nothing like that and you have every right to opt out with the written notification from the parents uh, according to the, according That's a very to the letter of the law less known fact so yes. are are you are parents allowed to do that so if you went and you said i don't want my son or my daughter 
to <laughs> participate in this sex ed class? Would they allow you to do that? Would they allow you to withdraw her or him? The way they're framing it right now, they, they would probably let you know that, no, 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 we must do this because that's the state law. No, you can actually fight that and say, no, okay. as a school district, we are going to push back against this type of education. Okay. So the argument then that, see, the argument that you just made is a legal argument. And right. I don't, I don't know the law. You very well might be right. And I think that that would be fine. If parents don't want their kids to learn something, then they ought to be able to take them out. Like I said, in my view, they ought not to be having their money taken for public education to begin with. But it's a different argument. The, the organization, this is what drew me to the organization. This is the Moms for Liberty. But that's like a technical legal argument. That's not a liberty argument to say that, well, the law says this, because what if they just change the law? I mean, if it's a general statute, then the majority can change the law and then mandate that your kids take these classes. And if you're making a legal argument, what would you say then? Now you well, wouldn't have that's that argument. Why, yeah, that's why um, for our chapter in Hartford, I'm trying to make two types of points. One would be the legislative way and the other one would be in terms of elections and finding the right candidates to run for the Board of Ed. Um, office. So when you deal with legislation, there's plenty of legislation that's out there. There's a lot of junk legislation, I should say, that's being put out there. Um, a lot of good legislation from, I would say, like Senator Sampson, Senator Berthel, uh, Senator Dauphine. They have really good uh, legislation that will protect children. What, what, and give, also... me a, give me an example. Give me specifics. What are, oh, okay. What's the legislation so, that's out there? Um, for example, um, you had some, for, okay, here's one type of bad, um, legislation. You had bill 1199. Anyone yes. can find this, print it out. This is one of the, um, bills that I had spoke against in front of the education committee. Basically it's, um, telling every school district that they need to hire these diversity education apprentices. Yeah. And the and the school district is responsible for employing them and paying them a salary. Now, why do we all of a sudden need something like that in a school district? I don't I know. Mean, do the, do the majority of the, of the parents want it? I, that that's the thing. I mean No, this is the type of legislation that's being put out there. Okay. I mean, who wants this though? Is it the teachers unions that want it? I don't, know, it. I don't want it. I don't know who wants it, but no, I don't want it. No, 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 but it. I'm just saying, you have to look at follow the money there, you know? Yeah. It's at the NEA. Is it the teachers unions that are wanting it? You know, are is it the grassroots activists on that side okay, that but, want these but, types of things? But what I, want to, what I want to know is what you said, there's good legislation put out by Senator Sampson. Oh, okay. And, and... So um, Senator Sampson had a couple of very good pieces of legislation where okay. he wanted to make curriculum um, more transparent to okay. the uh, parents. He also had another particular piece of legislation that basically stated that um, parents have every right to opt out of putting their children into a class that taught certain things that they felt uncomfortable for their children to learn without any sort of retribution. Mm -hmm. But all of these bills were, were killed immediately in the education committee. Okay. So they never even saw light a day. Okay. So let me ask you a question okay. about this opt-out thing. Yeah. And like I said, I'm all for, 
opting out, opting out of the whole system if you want to. But I could hear someone saying that if you're, if you, you seem to be, and the, and the organization seems to be accepting the legitimacy of the system. So if you accept the legitimacy of the system and now your kids go to the school and you say, well, I want to opt out my kids from this given type of class, say sex education. Well, what if somebody else comes along and then they say, well, I want my kids to opt out of history because I don't like the history that's being taught. Or someone else says, you know what? I don't think my child should have to learn mathematics. The, my child isn't going to go into any field that requires mathematics. And you could go right down the line. So do, do you think that parents should be able to opt their children out of whatever classes they want, or are they just specific types of classes that you, you're saying that they should be able to do so? I think it's really for a specific type of class, only because there are some core classes that you need to continue your education into university level, let's say, right? Um, you need to have a certain amount of skills in reading, writing, mathematics, and you need to know a certain amount of history and foreign language, let's say. Um, I don't think we are standing for um, opting out of everything. I just think that what we say is make sure that these courses or books that are being taught are age appropriate, you know, or it doesn't offend uh, one's own rights. For example, if you're going to say um, to a child now, reverse discrimination is okay. Okay. All right. Or you're going to punish some a child for their skin color or treat them differently because of their skin color. And when I say that now is because a lot of um, people on the progressive left will say, well, it's okay to have white people feel guilt, you know, and treat them differently. Um, that's reverse discrimination. Sure. So it's it's sort of like you're going against um, a child's own constitutional and civil rights. Isn't, Isn't it, it just discrimination? So, Isn't reverse discrimination? It's, a yes, misnomer? it is. It is. It's, it's just reverse discrimination. discrimination. But, yes, but of what course I mean it is, is. But why would you call it reverse discrimination? It's just discrimination. It's just right. When, when I say reverse, it's because we did have discrimination in terms of for a certain for a lot of African Americans, let's say. Um, but now it's now in that reverse, it's in the other foot where they're saying, well, if you're white, you have the privilege and you're a white supremacist and you're a bad person okay. because of your skin color. So when you have classes that will, um, you know, interfere with your child's own um, rights that they have, um, then... I would say that's a reason why you can be able to say, no, I don't think this is what my child needs to learn in school. And I would like the option to not have them be exposed to this type of, um, you can't say that with Spanish or French, well, or you well, can't not? say that and, with And that's history. the key. That That's the thing is some parents might think that it's a necessity that their kids learn about gender diversity or diversity in general. They think that it's going to make their child more well-rounded, prepare them for college, prepare them for the world, whatever. So they think it's a necessity, right? You say, well, I think history is a necessity. 
what if another parent says, no, I don't. I mean, how come your claim of what's necessary trumps their claim of necessary? In other words, why wouldn't everybody just be able to opt out of whatever class they want to opt their children out of? It, it just seems because to me it's, it's kind of arbitrary to say, well, I don't like this. Therefore, we should be able to take our kids out of these classes. But if somebody else doesn't like that, that I'm saying is necessary. So they shouldn't be able to. I mean, if it's about liberty, again, if it's about liberty, right, then right. we'll be able to just decide whatever classes they want their kids to take. No, not at all, because you're talking about violating someone's rights. So when you violate someone based on their skin color, that's a totally different thing than saying, oh, I don't want to take this type of course. You know, um, I don't want to have them learn U.S. history. Don't both rely I on force. America is bad. Don't both rely on force. In other words, is it don't both rely on the government mandating something and telling somebody you have to do this? Like, for instance, you mentioned rights. And I, and I saw this in one of the articles I read. And the woman said that we need to understand that our rights are God given. So when you use a term like rights, first of all, I need to know what what is a right? What does right mean to you when you use the term? Because you're saying that their rights are being violated in one instance, but then not in this other instance. I say their okay. rights are being violated both times because in both instances, force is being used against them. So what is your definition of rights that you're using when you say that the kid who's being taught about, you know, he's being discriminated against, that's a rights violation, but the kid who's being forced to take math, that's not. So what's your definition? Rights. Okay. So rights to me means forcing someone to have compelled speech, right? Uh, for example, if I have to, if I'm a child and I am forced to pledge of allegiance to the LGBTQ flag, uh -huh. not to the American flag, that's compelled speech. What about right? compelled to the American flag? Um, true. And you could say that. I mean, a lot of atheists may not like the fact that you're saying under God in the pledge of allegiance. Mm -hmm. You don't have to if you don't want to. Okay. So you, so okay. you don't think they should be compelled to say the pledge no, of allegiance? No, I don't either. think. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially if it's a, a religious thing. Like, for example, um, I'm not Catholic, but I may, um, you know, not want my child. And I'm just saying this as, you know, this is not for fact, but this is mm -hmm. just an example that I'm using. I may not want my child to say, um, let's say, amen, if he's going with her friend, let's say, to, uh, to a church or something. Okay. You know, I may feel uncomfortable. I'm, I may say, OK, yeah, go, go ahead. You can go to mass. But I may not want them to say the word amen or to say okay. any kind of prayer. You know, I would feel uncomfortable if the church said, no, no, you would have to you know, say these words or repeat the words or repeat the hymns and all this other stuff, okay. you know? Um, so that's why I feel like it, it depends on that person and what they're comfortable with. Okay. You can't compel somebody to say something that is goes against okay. them, you know, so, and their um, beliefs. So you, so you gave me an, a concrete example of a rights violation, but what is a right? What is the definition of rights? You understand? So you gave me an, an end conclusion, but I don't yet know what the conclusion is based on. I need to know what it, when when Moms for Liberty uses the term rights, what is meant by the term? Okay, so I think that, um, from what I understand of it and what my chapter feels, yeah. the right is the right to be able to um, say 
whatever you want to say without censorship. Okay. okay. And to be able to not to be able to go to a classroom and not feel compelled to, um, you know, do things or say things that you feel uncomfortable with. Does that make any okay. sense? So uh, it, it, a little bit, but it, here's the problem. First of all, you said it's free from sense to be able to say whatever you want, free from censorship. But in reality, right. Moms for Liberty is asking in some cases to stop people from saying things. You're asking them to stop teaching these classes. So that can't be the definition. A no, definition of a no, right. I, a right, I disagree with you there. Oh, wait, I, I do on. disagree with How? you. Because you said it's, okay, it's let freedom, me tell you. freedom from censorship. If you said it, you said it's the right to say whatever you want. But these, but these yes. teachers want to say stuff about the LGBTQ community. But they is it say, age appropriate? Well, but I'm not arguing that it is. What I'm arguing also, is that the definition of rights is not appropriate. But does it fulfill my rights as a parent? Well, that's why we need a definition of rights, mind you. A right okay. is a moral or just claim to something. It's a sanction of action in a, in a social context, right? So how do we get there? And the point is that you should be free from compulsion period. Right. Unless you're violating somebody's rights, you should be free from compulsion. So in that case, anybody should be able to opt out of whatever kind of education they want, but you don't think so. You think it should be limited to this, which means you're ultimately sanctioning the very rights violations that you're criticizing. Because if you're okay with the government taking people's money, that's compulsion. If you're okay with them forcing kids into school, that's compulsion. And then you're for them being forced to take certain types of classes. That's more compulsion. But then you want the compulsion to stop when you say, okay, but when it comes to these issues, then we've got to get compulsion out of the equation. I'm saying we yeah, should be Yeah, but how are you compelling someone to go to school? Or do you have to send your kids to school or no? Are you free to? No, I'm just saying. I'm asking the question how, because there's because there's there's penalties. You have to have your kid get an education. You have to pay the taxes for that education. You cannot refuse to pay taxes to the government. You cannot refuse to have your child educated. You're being compelled okay. to do so. And when you send okay. your kids to a school, they they lay out a curriculum. Now you're saying it's compulsion here. I want to be able to take my kids and my organization wants to be able to remove kids from a given setting to learn about whatever it is that it is, LGBTQ issues, diversity issues, reverse discrimination, whatever it is. Those In those instances, compulsion's wrong, but in these other instances, it's okay. And I don't know how you get to there, to where it's okay in situations where you approve, but not okay in situations where you disapprove. Well, because if I bring a pre-K toddler into a classroom and they are exposed to um, forms of sexual education, you know, where they learn about things that are totally inappropriate for them mm -hmm. to learn at that age, where they don't even have the mental frame of mind or sure. uh, the emotional capacity, okay, to accept those types of lessons um i mean there it comes a point where you have to say okay um this is not appropriate for this child in this classroom to be exposed to this so like you said somebody may say well i don't care if my toddler is exposed to things like that sure. i mean you know i want them to know what the real anatomy terms are yeah you know for this that's fine for them, sure. but I may not like it. So if you're going to do that, 
then I would like to have the ch opportunity. I agree with to you. Out. I agree with you. All I'm saying to you is that why wouldn't that same logic apply to anything when it comes to school? Why is it well, just I in these issues? Why why does the government have the right to compel in some issue in some instances and not others? Well, I think because there's always a basic standard of education that's usually laid out. And who sets it? Well, we all, I think it's the Department of Education. Which is what? Which a is government the federal. Agency, right? Correct? right, of course. It's a government agency. Of course. Okay. So this is back to the heart of the thing. Moms for Liberty. We hold decision makers accountable or we work to replace them with liberty-minded individuals. We promote teaching the principles of liberty. But yet you're accepting the basic premise that the government has the right to dictate what kids should learn, except for well, yes. when it comes to this issue or the, this. Set well, of because, issues. Michael, because we're not here to blow things up in terms of already what's been the set standard for decades. Right. Okay. So we are just trying because you had a certain type of national pandemic. Okay, yeah. we got to see uh, what really takes place in a classroom, which we never would have seen before. And based on that, that narrow situation that was being exposed to parents, it was an eye-opening experience. So we are just trying to accommodate, and not accommodate, that's a bad word, but we are just trying to make a headway in terms of that situation. I, I hope I made that point a little think, bit clear. I, I think what you what the organization is ultimately opposed to are recent changes. The maybe the mask yes. mandates, the home, the, the forced homeschooling, the new gender diversity and equity education and all that type of stuff. So it's basically the, the newer stuff that's come about post pandemic or rather post the onset of the pandemic. That is what the organization is ultimately opposed to. And it's not even just that. Um, I do have to say, in terms of the school curriculum, yes. Um, when you're talking about grooming books, that's been around for some time. And, you know, that's basically introducing porn into um, the realm of ch childhood. What age are they being? What age is that stuff that. being introduced? I'm just curious. It's. Oh, gosh. If you go into any kind of, well, I know here in our public library um, in our town, they're exposed in elementary school. I mean, the books are right there. And in school libraries or in public libraries? In in the town library, which so is the, a public library. Okay. And I, I'm not sure about some school. I know some schools do have it. Hold on. So um, are you? I know, for example. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, I. I read that the that Moms for Liberty, their accusations, and they're not from sources that I would call, well, in some cases reputable, in some cases not. But they said that Moms for Liberty wants to ban uh, certain books in classes. They want to ban race-based discussions or conversations about racism, conversations about LGBTQ. But from what I understood, these bans all pertain to school. Are you talking about banning books from public libraries? No, actually, um, I don't think our national organization, and I have to um, just kind of lay out one more thing. Okay. When we have individual chapters in the counties across the country, um, they basically allow us to have free reign. Okay. So you know, 
even though there are certain criteria that the national organization puts out, we do have our own set of rules that we can make because every county, every town is going to be very unique and you can't have just a blanket okay. um, type of rule system, you know? Okay. Okay. So um, I would have to say that we don't believe in banning books or burning books whatsoever. Okay. Um, all we want is, okay, if you want to keep those books, fine, but make sure that they're age appropriate. That's all okay. that we ask. Okay. And even if it's in the school library, I do know that some schools um, across the country do have it in their library. Um, one of the first uh, things that really publicized um, Moms for Liberty was in Loudoun County, Virginia, where you had so many parents attend these very contentious Board of Education meetings in Loudoun County. County. And that's where the whole thing came in with domestic terrorism and that whole label um, where then Attorney General Mayor Garland wrote a letter saying that these are domestic terrorists and you must go after these parents. Okay. Um, that's where it all started, actually. And they were the Moms of Liberty movement is the one that propelled um, Governor Glenn Youngkin to become a governor at that time. Yeah, I remember um, yeah. So, and in Florida, you know, Moms for Liberty, the national organization is from Florida. It's based in okay. Florida and they worked with Ron DeSantis as governor and uh, Senator Marco Rubio into getting a lot of these educational reforms. I don't know if you're very familiar with Christopher Rufo. He does a lot. I've of, heard of the name, um, but what I, what, I'm, what I want to know real quickly though, I want to know about public, you brought up public libraries. And okay, that's so what I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I'm wondering about. Is Moms for Liberty the Connecticut chapter? The year is it the Connecticut chapter that you're the president of? County, because Hartford County uh, chapter. There's okay. one in Fairfield County, and then okay. I'm trying to help to see if there's other counties that will also start a chapter. Okay. Um, okay. So when we talk, we don't like I said, we don't talk about banning books or burning should, books. Should, do you favor any books being removed from the public library? I think that uh, if the, you remove a book, um, I think all books should be accessible. This is me personally, okay? Um, well, what about the organization, all, public libraries? Oh, well, okay. They don't plan on, they don't want any sort of um, removing of books unless it's really for age appropriate. You can move it to another section of the library where, they, you know, elementary school kids okay. and- even high school kids are not exposed to that. Okay. But as far as public I library mean, goes, the books aren't going to, you don't want the books to be taken out of public libraries. No, okay. I mean, let it be there if it wants to, but you know, why not put a book about Harry Tubman instead, you know, um, or talk about, um, for example, you know, we don't want to ban books like the progressive left does in terms of the To Kill a Mockingbird or Dr. Seuss books. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, these are books that they want to ban because they think it's, you know, racist or has underlying racist tones on them. Um, all we're saying is put them in an area where it's not so visible for a young 12-year-old to see it and think, oh, okay. OK, let me take a look at this, this animated book of basically, um, you know, men on men or men on women or women on women or whatever the case is. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, I got to say your discomfort, just even saying that was palpable. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. So the last thing I really want to talk about is I, I was going over the moms for Liberty CT Facebook page this morning. And I noticed yeah. a lot of support for former president, Donald Trump. Okay. So is Donald Trump a Liberty minded individual? I mean, that's what the okay, so Donald I Trump knew you're going to ask me that. I, I, I knew you were going to ask me that question. Um, it's not that we are not supposed to endorse any candidate. Yeah. But I just think that since he is now the front runner. Okay. For the nomination. Yeah. Um, and that's that town hall was just so. Uh, I mean, talk about an implosion on national television you know so i was just putting some humorous things out there it's no it's no way that it's an endorsement of okay. president trump is okay. he a liberty-minded individual that's what i want to know i think in some ways yes he is i i do believe that um because i grew up in new jersey and new york so okay. i have heard of donald trump since i was a young kid okay and trump tower was like you know like that was the biggest thing yeah. i know when my friends used to visit me in uh new york city the one of the first five places they wanted to go to was the trump tower so um I think in some ways, yes, he is. I think he loves the country. I think he's very patriotic. I think he is um, definitely a capitalist. Oh, 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 uh, oh. hold on. Back up. Back up. <laughs> well, listen. Okay. He, he tell me how, tell me, tell me his policies. First of all, you, you said in some ways he's a liberty minded individual. Can you give me three? In some ways. Can you I give think me three he, ways think, that he's for liberty. Yeah, I think he definitely supports freedom of speech. You know, I think he doesn't like to be censored. Um, Does he? Hasn't he made one, comments that certain people should be pulled off of certain uh, media venues? Yeah, but you know, that's not freedom of speech. And I don't want to go too much into President Trump's um, stances because, like I said, we're not. No, I'm here only concerned with the liberty. Because he is, on, he is on your Facebook page. And your Facebook yes, page says it is, is about promoting For a liberty. couple of things. Yes. Just so a couple I, of things. Yeah. So what I want to know, <laughs> you, I asked you, is he a liberty-minded candidate? Because that's what you say you promote. Is he yes. a liberty-minded candidate? You said in some but, ways. So I'm telling you, give me three. Three ways in okay, which so, Donald yes, Trump okay. is for liberty. He is for us. I think he doesn't stand for censorship. I, you know, I'm pretty okay. much sure about that. He may say a lot of things, but you have to always look at his actions. Okay, policy wise, as a personal, I'm not speaking in, I'm not speaking for national, the national organization right okay. now. I'm just talking as a personal. Okay. Okay. So yes, I think he does tend. He does not like to be censored, so that's number one. Number two, I don't think he stands for, I think he definitely does believe in the Second Amendment and guns rights. And I will say because, you know, um, the whole bump stock issue when he was a president, I think it was just because he was just um, trying to appease a lot of people. Well, but uh, someone that's for liberty doesn't make policy to for appeasement purposes. Right. He did once say uh, that you should take the guns and then give due process. 
that if, if people, if, if it was thought that somebody was a danger, you take their guns and give them due process afterwards. Now, he never did anything with it, but a liberty minded person does, doesn't say stuff like that. Right. Okay. So, okay. Yes. He, he, but but he didn't do it. That's the operative word. He well, never he did. couldn't do it even no. if he wanted to. I mean, he, think, he couldn't do it, but he did say it. And my point right, is that but, somebody somebody grounded in liberty, that's default position is freedom, doesn't say that, period. And okay. The, and, right? So, But Michael. Okay. So you Michael, let me just say one. Okay, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> let me just say one thing about this. I think when he said that, when he said take away the guns from somebody who is not thinking straight mm -hmm. i think he he really believes in from what i can gather um that there's a lot of mentally impaired people and you okay. and the guns should not be in their hands okay. so yeah take away the guns from them i think that's what he really meant we we all liberty. know that he's not the most articulate that, person that's still not liberty mind you, you. Know? you're taking guns but, without giving them due process it's not liberty well, he could of have course not. i mean yeah th but no i totally agree with okay. you Okay, so give oh, me totally. give me one more. You you, you gave me censorship, okay. which I, which I, I believe I've heard many for, times call for it. But go okay, ahead. and I think he really stands a lot for um, free trade. Let's free just put trade. it that way. His presidency was argued and based on tariffs. He said, "I'm for fair right. trade." He okay. said, "I'm for free," but we got to renegotiate these things. He doesn't understand right. that trade deficits are not a bad thing. He thinks that you're getting ripped off. He puts tariffs and charges American companies to import goods. How is he for free trade? If there's okay, anything so he's not for, it's free trade. No, I think in some ways when he deals with me deals with certain countries like China, mm -hmm. okay, or he deals with Mexico, I think. That's what he means that when he says free trade, I'm not saying it's free, but I think what he means, and from what I understand of his actions during the time when he was president, he did not like the fact that we were being taxed so high for making our American company products in a foreign land. So he decided to tax our companies himself. We were not taxing those companies, those foreign countries, the same amount. But tariffs don't tax those countries. Tariffs, tariffs tax imports. They tax the company that's okay. importing the goods. But either right. way, whoever it's taxing, it's not free trade. No, no, I, I don't. I'm not saying it's technically free. Okay. But what I'm saying is, I think I agreed with him in the sense where you cannot have double standard when it mm -hmm. comes to trade in a country it's like what he told emmanuel macron mm -hmm. in terms of when macron said to him we're going to start taxing certain goods that are being made in our country mm -hmm. american goods when we give it back to you and he said well wait a minute if you're going to do that i'm going to tax your wines 100 okay. percent that's coming into our country so you not know? free so trade that's not free, free. Okay. But, you know, so Donald Trump is not a liberty-minded guy. To get back to my original question, he's not. I think not. he's a libertarian. If I'm not mistaken, he was. He would no. If you, if you had um, no. listened to some of his um, uh, statements before, because he was not a conservative-minded person. No, and he's definitely you know? not a libertarian. But I think he was a little bit more of a liberty. He was definitely not a Democrat. That's for sure. Okay. <laughs> So, Manju, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. You take my questions in good spirit. I appreciate that. Where can people where can people find you? Where do you want them to go? 
Okay. Um, they can find us on Facebook, Moms for Liberty, Hartford County. They can also find us on Twitter. And um, that way they can just reach out. And as long as you are a, uh, a person that's like-minded and you think like us, that's fine. We don't need any trolls <laughs> coming in. But uh, yeah, those are the couple places that you can find us right now, at least. All right. Thank you very much for taking the time to be with Thank me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a this was a lot of fun. For now, I'm Michael Leibowitz. This is the Rational Egoist signing out. Remember, like, share, comment, subscribe. Till next time.